Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. Spring training has started. The new rules are taking shape. We're going to talk all about it. Let's do it. Welcome to Talking Baseball. Thank you very much for joining us today. It's brought to you by SeatGeek Code JOMBOY PRESEASON. My name is Jimmy. Jake is here. Trevor's here looking crispy in his white JM hoodie. And producer BBD behind the dish. Jake's back from his wedding. Trev, you look nice and tan. Is that just off the white shirt? And baseball's here. How's the wedding, yeah. Jake? Oh, well, pump fake. James, Trev, Davis, uh, Jim, you already know is good. Um, doing well. Glad to be back with the lads. Um, you know, I, the, those last couple days, we did a mini moon, Trev. You're a mini moon kind of guy. A uh, couple recovery days after the wedding. You're already down there. You might as well recover down there. Uh, so Jess slept uh, all over the resort, not with me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was, was keeping my pulse on baseball. I didn't want you guys to run away from me too hard. Uh, with some WBC and some of the other updates that were going on. But, yeah, uh, you guys know me. End of the day, I'm, I'm kind of a sports loser, so I was excited to get back into it. And uh, we kind of stumbled into a big one today with the old pitch clock uh, showing up. But uh, a little uh, a little Tolkien baseball with myself back, Travis. Uh, the return of the king. Got my ring. Uh, and excited to see that pretty face out in Kalanasty. How are you? I'm doing great. It is very nice to have you back. I told you there's only one way to destroy that ring, and I'll go with you. All right. Because you got to go to Mount Doom, throw it in the fiery pits, and then we'll finally be free. You might not be there yet. Yeah. And mini moon, like two honeymoons, we kind of talked about that on the show. Like, you're just different, huh? Not the same. I, I thought actually that you were out training with the Czech Republic team. You look like yeah. you could play on the Czech Republic <laughs> team for the WBC. So I thought that's where you were and the boys were going to have a chance, but uh, you were just frolicking. So that's nice. Um, yes. Pitch clock. A lot of reaction. You, one could say overreaction mm. to the first couple of days of it. And uh, that's going to be a fun topic for us. James, what's up, bro? You look nice in your John boy gear. It's too cold here still, so I had to wear the big old sweatshirt, the tie-dye John Boy. It's like the warmest one we got. But let's get right into the pitch clock. This has been a wild weekend on the interwebs where people like to overreact and react thoroughly. Uh, I've been told many of times I'm not a baseball fan because I am pro speeding up the game and the pace yeah. of play. I have been for a while. Um, I wasn't for a long time and now I have been. So just in general, I guess we can go rip around here. If you have a general on the fence, like it, dislike it. But I, I think ultimately this is going to lead to such a better product once the kinks are ironed out. Jake, you... I think that's the gist of it is that there, there are some kinks that need to be ironed out. And there's been a lot of, you know, whether you're they're former baseball players People have been watching baseball for a long time. I understand some of the frustration, especially after we saw that Braves-Red um, Sox game end in the ninth inning on a 3-2 count, bases loaded. I mean, it was the perfect storm for overreaction on online. I don't think we're going to get any of those during the regular season. At least I hope not. And I poked around to a lot of my guys in the league, and the, the 
I just asked him, like, what do you feel about the pitch clock? And the, the answers ranged for sure. There were some guys that didn't like it. Uh, most guys did. Uh, but I think the consensus is the same, and, and, and we're going to have the same feeling as well. It's There just needs to be some things ironed out a little bit. And once we get those done, the pace of the game, I think, is much better. Like, it's, it's, it's humming. We like it. Um, I, I, I think that's, that's the general starting point, but the follow-up is uh, the, it turned into baseball politics. It was literally politics on the internet where it wasn't a conversation. It was ignore anything on either side of the fence and yell as loud as you can. Um, because the problem was everyone was kind of right. Like, A, the pitch clock and speeding the game up a little bit is good. And, you know, Jim, I, I saw him getting into it and, and tweeting out some clips. Joe's McFly, uh, he had the one, uh, someone posted it on TikTok of how many inside the park home runs can Jose, Jose oh Altuve gosh. hit before this pitch gets thrown, and it was Pedro Baez in the playoffs. It was five. So it was more than that. What we're cutting out is going to be really good. And like you said, kinks is the word. And I, I'm not talking about the mini moon still. But it, for me, it's, guess what? Those people were partially right. But on the internet, where sometimes the conversation doesn't happen, it's where it became a problem. That guess what? Even that Karen Chat clip that you posted, James, I didn't like that. Because Karen Chat's getting ready to throw. I know he does his dumb antics. But Karen check, he pops up, his knee comes up, and they stop it. Like, and that's, there's two different things going on. We're establishing a rule so people can abide by it, and we can go forward knowing that rule. But like the end of that Red Sox game, that also people, this is spring training, that game ended in a tie. <laughs> um, that, you know, we're establishing the rule as hard as we can right now so that when the season comes and say that is a big pitch for Karen check or that is a big pitch in that Red Sox game that I don't think we need to blow the whistle there because I think that's making more of a scene because like you said Jim there's already a rule in the baseball rules that there is a pitch clock <laughs> yeah everyone's there's no <laughs> so clock so it's how you enforce there's it. been a rule for years saying that the pitcher has 12 seconds they changed it to 15 so they gave him three more seconds. They're actually enforcing it now. They just never enforced it before. And it's really the batters, too. Like, I showed clips. That mm -hmm. one clip uh, that I tweeted out, I tweeted on a montage of all these slow-ass clips of Kenley, who takes so long. The batter steps out. So Kenley doesn't even start his routine until the batter steps back in. And the third baseman, Austin Riley, was running from third all the way to shallow right field for the shift. All that's gone. It Shift's was gone. It was nothing. But... I don't know. People are crazy if they think that there wasn't going to be an adjustment period. Like, uh, it's spring training. All these people acting like they care about spring training is crazy to me. Games end in ties all the time. Sometimes in spring training games, the two managers walk out to home plate and say, ah, let's just end it here of a tie game. And it, it's spring training. You don't care about that Red Sox bases loaded ending at all. And you weren't watching the game. You're just up in arms about a clip you saw because you want to be up in arms. My biggest complaint from the pitch clock, if you want to hear something that I think they cannot do, is have the giant clock in frame, yes. on screen, the entire time. I understand the pitcher needs to see it, so he needs a, a, something that he can see, and the catcher and everyone needs to see it. 
the Phillies broadcast, the Yankees broadcast, the Blue Jays, they didn't have it just visibly in sight. They had it like when it went to the nine seconds, then they popped it up or made it part of the score bug. And that was much better. But having the whole game be a 15-second countdown was like, oh, boy, this stinks. So I, I don't know if you can regulate that or limit it, but I would have it not for the TV product, having it just constantly. The first game, the was it um, – who was that? Was it Mariners? That first one that was on. Yeah, I know you're talking about. It was Mariners A. Pa- Padres. I Mariners think. Padres. Yeah, Machado got the first one. That was that was big. That was a bad TV product. Having it just it was like the first thing you saw. So I would I would not have it be that big. But also in that game that I was watching it, and I wasn't on Twitter or anything, and I was like, oh, this is cool. They're not even rushed. They were pitching with six seconds left. I think pitchers are trying to go as fast as they can to yeah. build a better better rhythm. Machado was the infraction, but the pitchers were fine. They were throwing like there was there was there wasn't even a pitcher that chased the clock where you were like, oh, throw it, throw it. <laughs> like they're throwing with six to seven seconds left every game I watch. So I don't know. It's gonna get better. Like Eno was tweeting out the stats that the first two weeks. When they implemented this in the minor leagues, there was two infractions every game. And then by week six, there was two infractions. It was like an infraction every, every other week game. or one every two games. Every two and games. then as it kept going, they became uh, really, really rare. So that's what the goal is. The goal is for them to enforce the uh, penalties so strong that by the season start, we don't have any penalties. Nobody wants a ball or a strike to be implemented for no re- for no reason. And I think that was the math that we had over the weekend. There's 35 games and Beavers, I think there were 69 infractions. Sorry nice. about that. So right around two a game. It will go down. There's so many ways we can go with this conversation. James, when you said, you know, you're watching these old clips and it's Kenley and then the batter steps out, that's a tale as old as time. The coach telling you, don't let the pitcher dictate what's going on. If he's taking a long time or going fast, make sure you call timeout. And now it's got my head spinning because hitters can only do that once a plate appearance. You can call timeout, reset the clock once a plate appearance. Is that going to mean, does that mean that managers are going to step out of the dugout and call time? Can they, can do, they that? do that? I've never seen because that. Because I watched, I watched a high school game. Uh, last week or two weeks ago, and uh, the pitcher was just mowing down these hitters and going pretty quickly. So the manager's yelling at the hitter to step out, and he's not doing it. So finally he comes on the field and calls like an offensive team meeting, which is maybe want to throw up in the stands. I seriously (laughs) was like, this is disgusting. Is that going to come to Major League Baseball? And if that comes to Major League Baseball, I'm out on the whole thing. Throw the pitch clock away because I can't have managers calling timeout and doing offensive meetings. I can't have that. So if you're listening and you're a hitter yeah. and your manager wants the meeting, just go, no. I can't have that. I'm in agreement there. I'm also like, let, let changes happen. Obviously, you make a big-ass rule like this. You can't if you're uh, if you're major league baseball. You can't be firm and say this is it. We're not changing at all. If hey, if we if we find out that maybe 17 seconds is just a little bit better and everyone feels much better, make it 17. Like, but you have to let it play out. We have to see. We can't just scream after two games. Uh, you yes. know, let them get used to it. But yeah, I'm I'm fine if if we get to the All Star break and everyone's like, you know, they did the sticky stuff halfway through the season. It's like 
hey, people are adjusting. The game's better, but just two more seconds would just be a little. Make the make the change then. But it did need to happen because in the last 20 years, nobody knows how the in-between pitches has spiked like crazy. Yeah. It's uh, it comes down to enforcement for me, and and like you said, they are going to be militaristic with it to start to get it off the ground and going, uh, and then it, you got to see where it lands. Uh, because guess what? The other side of this is the umpires, and how many how many talking baseball shows have we done? And and we talk about the umpire. You know, a lot of those guys don't mind a little shine, uh, and if they have a chance in a big moment, and that clock makes the tick to seven seconds or whatever it is. You know, a lot of those guys are going to be excited to make the call. And that's that's part of it that worries you. Uh, I think the overall, the game isn't trying to become a different game with no breathing. You can still have enough breathing between pitches. And, and I think the reason the game got to where it was is that in those big moments, it is fun, man. And I, I think there are going to be times when we're sitting there wishing that you let it breathe. That 3-2 pitch with runners on you know, bases loaded, the reliever in the seventh inning, you know, and and the pitcher and the catcher aren't on the same page. Those are the beautiful moments in the game, but sometimes, or I guess too often, those were taking over. So we're going to get into a rhythm with it. Uh, People were overreacting because they were enforcing it at the highest level to try to get the players to, to live and breathe those rules that it never becomes a factor, but it just becomes interesting when you put stuff in the hands of the umpires, because we've had a lot of situations where you end up saying ump show, and that's that's the last thing I want to see. Um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd much rather see that 3-2 that pitch get thrown than, you know, with seven and a half seconds left on the clock. But it's the first day of spring training, and it's, <laughs> I mean, it's pure overreaction season. Feels yeah. like people need to just, like, have a beer about it. Have a blue moon, Trev, you know? It's go on the berm and have a blue moon. Otherwise, you ain't living. Yeah. Otherwise, you ain't living. Spring training is here, which means baseball is back. Tick, 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 tick. Blue moon gives you a dose of ballpark nostalgia to get you excited for the season with their Belgium-style wheat ale. Oh, and that Valencia orange peel. My goodness. A smooth, creamy finish, a.k.a. the Trevor Plouffe. Get Blue Moon delivered by visiting get.bluemoonbeer.com slash baseball. That's get.bluemoonbeer.com slash baseball. Made brighter. Celebrate responsibly. That's what we're about here. Celebrate, but responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Co. Golden, Colorado. Get yourself some Blue Moon beer. And check out their delivery options. Why not? I, uh, staying on the pitch clock in the spring training games, the, um, I tweeted this out and I've, anyone that's been listening since, uh, 2019 or 2020 has heard me say it a ton, but if there's anyone new listening, I probably have tweets out there that are the complete opposite sentiment of what I'm saying now, where like, I wasn't, I was like, pace of play is not an issue. MLB is dumb. Like time of game isn't an issue. It was fine. Uh, and I've said this a lot. Jake and I watched old World Series games from 1977 on, and I remember being like, oh, shit, Jake. Like, they might be right. <laughs> There's a lot more balls in play. The games were, a, it was a lot more action and quicker pace. And I've completely flipped by doing that. I'd never watched full innings, just highlights. And I thought that was just older fans being, 
nostalgic, older, annoying fans. And then I was like, oh, shit, they're actually right. And I completely flipped. Like, if you put today's athleticism and and power and um, ability, which I do think, you know, as evolution goes, it just gets progresses into a better version of the sport, you're going to get the best product we've ever seen. So I've been an advocate of this for the last three years, especially the shift, because we witnessed how much just more action and more fun the game was. The The most fun part about baseball sometimes when the ball is in play. And I got to say, my eyes were just hearts during spring training. It felt like a, like a cold glass of water, like so refreshing to see base hits up the middle. Matt Olson hit one that was just out of the reach second baseman and he's like a big old smile i think uh soto he got a couple hits that are would not have been hits like base hits are back diving plays in the infield are going to be back i'm so excited and whether people will admit it now or they won't admit it later like you're gonna enjoy this version of baseball with the shift regulations i'm so excited for it I think you nailed it there because there's a couple old heads online and, and all they would ever talk about it. Let's bring the game back to the way it was. Well, we're not really doing that. Now it might mimic it a little bit because the game, the pace is better. And I think people have to realize that I don't think we care about how long the game is as long as the pace is good. Like we can, people want to go to the ballpark and if it's three, if it's a three hour game, as opposed to a two and a half hour game, I don't think people care as long as the pace yeah. is better. That's what we're really doing here. Four and minutes between balls in play last year. Not good. So so you're right, James. We're not it might look as quick as a game in the 70s and 80s, but we're not playing 70s and 80s ball anymore. Like the athletes are different, guys are throwing hard. The game is still the game as it is today, just a little bit better version of it. And I talked to this is interesting because I, I I said I sent some some texts out to my guys. One guy was so he wanted to talk about it so badly that he's like, I can't like call me like let's let's talk. So I got on the phone with him and no names, just sources, huh? Yeah, because this one, it was a little, okay. he was a little against what was going on. So we talked and he said, you know, there was a few discussions during this off season when we were talking about this and, there's supposed to be a common sense clause. And I believe there might still be like a common sense clause with the umpires. And I think that's going to come into play during the year where like, you know, there needs to be, like you said, seven and a half seconds and the guy's lifting his knee. Let's not call a, uh, you know, an infraction on that. I don't know how they're going to do that during the year. If it's going to be like, Hey, this is high leverage and someone's going to wave a flag. Like infractions are off right here. Um, Evan Longoria put out a good uh, comment on one of our socials saying like, this is a pitch clock, not a hitter's clock. So if the pitcher is ready to go at eight seconds and the batter's not, let him throw the pitch. Let him throw the pitch. Let him do his job. Let him have to throw a strike instead of getting an automatic strike. And the counter to that would be, well, that's not really safe for the hitters if you're not ready to to hit in a pitcher's throwing it could be dangerous but he wouldn't like hitters that, under people they know the pitch is coming it's like they're there blindfolded yeah. like if you're not ready at eight seconds understand that you might get hit with the ball if you're not looking but at least i i still think we should make the guy throw the pitch so there's a little bit of wrinkle there and and specifically this guy said we brought a lot of this up to major league baseball saying like we need to have some sort of high leverage clause, some sort of ninth inning clause, or 
or something like that. And basically, Major League Baseball said, no. Like, no, this is going to be it. And this is what we're going to do. Do I think they're going to stay with that firm stance all season? I, I don't think so. This has happened before. You guys remember this when they did like the catch throughout rule? Yeah. Where you had to maintain uh, uh, the ball throughout everything. There was no transfer. Uh, in spring training, there was some wild shit going on. Yep. People were catching the ball, having it for two or three seconds, then going to throw it and dropping it. And they called it a hit or a, an air or whatever. Then they changed that. Like this is going to get tweaked with. It's going to be better. And I just think that, yeah, after watching, I watched like two or three games this weekend. I enjoyed it, dude. It was just, it was just, a, it was better to watch a baseball game. Like it, it kept my eyes on the screen. How about dude, that? It was action packed. There was a game yesterday that had 15 runs in it and it was two and a half hours. And any game that had 15 runs in it last year was three and a half hours long. Again, I, I don't fully care about total runtime and I actually don't want them to be under two and a half hours. I think that's too quick of a product, especially with all the commercials that are still going to be in there. Uh, but I, I, it's also spring training. People are just ripping uh, through it. But yeah, I'm, I'm for it, and I'm for changes if we need them. Like, if you turns out the seventh and eighth inning of close games stink now, okay, three runs, seventh or later, you get 20 seconds, whether there's runners on or runners off. Let's be open to changes down the road. Yeah, and that's that's the whole thing. This is the first iteration. We talked about this uh, with Pitchcom. Like, and I, I still think there's some stuff to go there. And, like, Trev, you're, you're talking about manager funny business. If you're the pitcher, once you get, oh, my Pitchcom's out. Uh, you know, like, like there's going to be so many ways to dance around this and the players are going to learn. And guess what? There's going to be a fun part of it that I don't think we're to yet. I think we're still in the angry. I'm right. You're wrong. It needs to be this. It needs to be that. I was listening to an interview with, uh, our guy, Kevin Kiermeyer, Toronto Blue Jays outfielder, Kevin Kiermeyer. someone out this Uh, weekend. And, you know, talk about high T. Um, you know, he was talking about uh, how are guys going to take advantage of this? And I can't wait to get there. Like, our base runner's going to see that clock ticking. And, hey, you know, there's two seconds on the clock. Maybe I can get my lead and get going now with the extra bases. Like, there's so many fun ripple effects to this that we haven't even really gotten to yet because uh, we're in the muck. It's new. People hate change. Uh, and this will need to get tweaked. And we'll figure out what that is along the way. In general, it's a good thought. It's a good thing. Uh, the players are going to love it like uh, they already do. I, I know, Trev, you, you have your, uh, your whispers out there. But for the majority, this is work for these guys. Like, and and it, can, it can cut out an hour of your work time, and that could be an hour with your family or whatever it is. And, and, and guys are going to love that. So it's going to be tweaking and messing with it. It's going to be finding the right thing. And then it's going to be finding who's going to take advantage of it. And some of the stuff it's got cutting out is chef's kiss like jimmy that clip of austin riley going from third to second in the shift that's not even that's not even anything that's not even a sport uh that's just a pause we saw justin turner do that in the world series so getting rid honestly of- that was when i that's when i was so out on the shift when we went to the world series dodgers and i talk about dodgers rays and watching them run back and forth between pitches was longer than <laughs> the pitch i was like this sucks the, the the shift the shift rules are magnificent the slightly larger bases and Anthony Volpe winning rookie of the year. Um, uh, it's all, it's all going to be good. There's going to be hiccups to get there. And people are, you know, so thirsty for baseball 
uh, so ornery on Twitter, uh, and mm. and everyone feels like they have to pick a side. You know, being being right around it in the middle with a tweak that doesn't get you any likes. But if you got a hot take, if I tell you we should stop stop running when we hit homers, and that'll save you another twelve seconds, that gets you the like. You know, I was excited with my guy uh, Isaiah Kiner Falefa. They he had some quotes about it, and it was cool to think about. The other elements of this, one, he did say that he asked Yankees minor leaguer Volpe, who stole a ton of bases last year with the clock, about how to game it and how does it help the running game? Like what Jake's talking about. Do you use the clock to, t- to steal? And he was like, I'm, he's asking the minor leaguer for advice because he played with it last year. IKF also said people are going to love it. He said, we can't really check the piece of paper in our pocket uh, where we should be in tendencies anymore, which is my key ba- paper out of baseball. I mean, if we're this helps, I didn't even think that this would help that. But, you and Rod Carew. But I, yeah, me and Rod Carew. But IKF was like, Hall on defense, fame. you got to be ready to go. Like, we can't like look down and kick the dirt back and forth three times, take our glove off, take it on. Like, um, Todd Frazier used to spin the glove on his hand. I mean, just mm-hmm. like it was just like a little hangout fest. So, so I'm excited about that aspect too. Just go. And, I would bet that when we're two years into this, and this is the baseball that people are accustomed to, with some tweaks or not, you go back and you watch old games like me and Jake did from the 70s, and you get to 2010 through 2020, you're going to be like, oh my God, this is slow. Still a slow sport, still a thinking sport. That's how they talked about baseball back in the 70s, 80s, when it was a quicker pace. We just really slowed it down. I'm curious, like, is it, was it organizations that did this, individual players? Because, you know, you, you want to be able to make adjustments pitch to pitch. The best in the world make adjustments pitch to pitch. And a lot of times, you know, the coaching that you'd receive in pro ball is like, hey, like, make sure you're ready for this pitch. And you, we started to get bombarded with information pregame. Uh, the hitters' meetings changed so drastically during my career um you know the first my first couple years it was like this is the pitches this guy throws here's a few tendencies this is going to be our general approach against him as i got later into my career it was like here's all the zones every single count this is his percentage uh here's his tendencies times 50 and this is what we're going to do individually for this situation and it was just like what the fuck dude i'd almost fall asleep in these meetings because they were so ridiculous and like you were never going to retain all that information. Uh, but when you got up there, whether it was that or like social media, like getting your shine on, which I think for some of the guys, it was that. Um, I think something happened and it might've been just the bombardment of information and players being like, Oh shit, what is he going to throw this count? You know, I think, I think that was part of it. I saw a lot of people like older players on, um, on Twitter, just like, crushing the pitch clock and i just want everyone to shut up for a second and let this thing breathe it's all i'm asking like give it a freaking chance because you know in your heart when you watch the game it's a better product right now i think it's also what you said earlier trev you were coached to own the time in the box so when batters started stepping out it changed the game because you wanted to be on the pitcher side so now the batter steps out that's what i learned watching this clip because um there was one that was Hunter Strickland versus, shit, I forget who the batter was. 
Not Ozuna. Or, but um, nothing happened. Like, he didn't have a, a Karen check, like, uh, routine. There wasn't a, sh- a runner moving in the shift. There was there, He was looking at the catcher the whole time. It was... I was just like, how was this 23 seconds long in between pitches? They were both just waiting each other out over like he was ready. So then the batter steps out before he really sees the sign and then he stops and then they both go through their whole rhythms. Like, I was like, there's no reason for this one at all. How, how often have we complimented hitters for stepping out when a pitcher's in rhythm and we're like, nice. Nice. Nice, man. Yep. Break his rhythm Smart up. Smart baseball. Um, I don't know. Guys will still find creative ways to do that. Um, and a lot of guys are finding creative ways to deal with their hair loss. The numero uno way is with Roman. 42%, big number in baseball, by the way, of men experience moderate to extensive hair loss in their lifetime. The sooner a person starts treatment for hair loss, the easier it is to keep the hair they have in Roman offers clinically proven medication to help treat hair loss, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. 80% of men who use prescription hair loss treatment had no further hair loss after two years. Nip it in the bud, people. And they'll ship it discreetly. Free two-day shipping. Take a free online visit. You'll talk to a U.S. Licensed healthcare professional and get you the best treatment plan. And that's at ro.co slash johnboy. ro.co slash johnboy. And how about a little 20% off? A little kicker there. Oops. Sorry about you. ro.co slash johnboy. 20% off your first order. Moving on to Manny. I think so. I think we covered that pretty good. All right. Manny Machado was going to opt out of his contract because the price of eggs has increased since he signed his last one. It's true. Padres heard him say that on our guy Ben and Wood's show, I believe, um, and said, oh, no, don't do that. We'll give you more money. Yeah. It's easy. So they gave him 11 years, $350 million contract extension, fourth largest Ever behind Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, and Aaron Judge. Uh, $31.8 million annually. And the Padres just keep spending money on really good players to give their audience fans a good product. Trev, can try I try to win? Can I tell you the secret of baseball real quick? Okay. This is for all our kids listening. And, you know, we've got a lot mm. of youth listeners. I love. The kids come up to John Boy at the games. I love your videos. You're the only videos with cursing my parents let me watch. They look at me and they're like, who's who's your friend? Be really good at baseball. Be an all-world defender and get called up at 19. And you are lined up for the bag if you have a Hall of Fame career. Good for Manny, man. I mean... When he first was talking about opting out, five years, he had, what do you have? Five years and 150 left on his contract. We're talking 30 M's a year. But he saw what happened in the offseason. He's like, well, everyone else is getting paid till they're 40. I'd like to have that happen to me. And my own team is handing out checks like it's nobody's business. 
So he pulls the leverage card, which I always reference. You just don't have leverage many times in your career. A guy that gets up at 19 who performs like Manny Machado and who has opt-outs in his contract finally gets the leverage. I thought he might actually test free agency. I did. I said that on the show because he seems like the guy that would want to. But when the team that you're on that you like playing for comes and just says, nah, we don't want you to test free agency. Here's the bag. You're going to take it. So he turns five years 150 and gets another, what is it, six years, 170, whatever, what the heck was it? I don't even know. He, I mean, congratulations to Manny. He's going to end up being with the Padres, I think, in total 15 years for $500 million was right around there. And in luxury tax money, it's 470 I was reading his, the original contract and real money was back loaded, so it's maybe closer to 450 but... Whatever, man. Get you, get you half of Billy Manny Machado. And I, I watched Paul Seidler. He came and did like a little interview and, 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 and talked. Peter. Paul Seidler is the guy from USA Baseball, and I keep <laughs> mixing their names up. I'm sorry. Watched him talk about it. And he's like, look, we're trying to create a winning atmosphere out here. They understand they're the only pro, like, major pro team in town so there is a little bit of a unique situation and he referenced that he goes not all clubs are the same we found ourselves and this is we found ourselves in this situation this is how we're going to approach it and look they've sold out on season tickets they have a wait list for the first time in their history like they are he's making an investment into his franchise and it's paying off like they are going to crush it this year the fandom in san diego right now is massive and it's like Hey, other organizations, like if you want people to come, I'm going to go off on a tangent a little bit here. I want to go off on a tangent too. Okay. Let me pass it to you one sec. If you want people to be interested in your product and come to baseball games and buy your overpriced beer, you have to put a good product on the field. There's a reason why a lot of these regional sport networks aren't doing well. It's because the product on the field sucks. And you don't like who's going to watch a game when your team stinks, when you have 162 games in 180 days and you're in July and you're out of the fucking race. Guess what? No one's going to tune in to watch your pre and post. Okay. So whatever you want to do with that, mix it up, get whoever you want on the call. It ain't going to make a difference. You have to invest in your team and make sure. And it doesn't have to be just free agency. Like you have to invest in your minor leagues, in your scouting, in, in your development. You have to invest in all of that to put a good product. That's the only way people are going to watch it. James? Well, I'll pass it to Jake first because it's not the same tangent. I started off. Oh. Uh, did, I mean, the Orioles owner is pissing me off because he's like, and someone other owner did this. Was it the White Sox? Who's like, well, have the Padres won yet? Oh, it's, oh, now all of a sudden that's your end goal? To win? Not to make money because they're going to make more money on fans and TV like Trev's saying. But these there's like been two owners now that have come out and like kind of like like uh, poo-pooed the Padres, like kind of laughed at him. Like, oh, yeah, look at that guy spending so much money and not even winning yet. It's like he's good. He's winning more than you. They're going to get a better return. And then the Orioles owner says, oh, we want to be like the Rays. Rays haven't won. <laughs> So what is it? You like the Astros or the Dodgers? Why would That's like would you could choose emulate. teams? Yeah, the Astros. Like you could choose teams that are great at development. It's like we want to be like the Rays and the Indians or the Guardians. What do you, they haven't won? Maybe the dumbest comments and the most frustrating comments for a young team that's like 
on the up and up and doing well. Don't say that out loud. But for the Padres, I've been saying this for three years now. Fun, fun place to be a fan. And we we need to put more respect on Peter Seidler's name. We got we got Trevor didn't even get it right. I know. We I'm we, sorry. I love Paul Seiler as well. This is like this is like two great people. We we got yeah. uh you know, Uncle Steve. We we got all wrapped up in that and we've loved that for Mets fans. I have an Uncle Pete, so I'm okay if we want to go Uncle Pete. I know the Padres fans are calling him Daddy Pete, like that, mm. obviously, because they're the Padres Poppy as well. Poppy Pete. So that's a Poppy Pete. I mean, that, that's better. That hits my core. That hit. That yeah. literally just hit my onions. Um, so yeah, uh, ton of credit to Peter Seidler. Uh, this is what we need to be doing. Uh, good for Manny. Good for Padres fans. It feels like we've already done this a few times. Because if they just did this once. We would have said, "Good for the Padres, man! Can you? Be- they got Manny Machado. They got Xander Bogarts. They locked up Tatis. They have Juan Soto. Which, by the way, last trade deadline, that Soto conversation was a lot of fun. I mean, if Pete's, if <laughs> Poppy Pete's giving it out to all these other guys, Soto's next. And Soto, again, he, he wasn't he wasn't the best Juan Soto with San Diego." Guess what? If he is, and I saw him go tank job the other day, it's spring training. I know, but I, I think if none of us are selling Juan Soto stock, that's all I'll say. Um, I mean, what what's he going to give that guy? I will say one thing, and we do, you oh, know, so, sometimes we do, uh, me and Jimmy like doing a game of, you know, sometimes we'll say something that's got like a 2% chance. So we're not saying it for real, but we like putting it out there just, just so you hear it. Um, I mean, there's like a 2% chance that, you know, Seidler's, like, this is going to end up as a 30 for 30 and, like, Seidler, I, I don't know, like, the money doesn't exist or something? Because this dude's shelling out money. Like, I've never seen. I mean. Never seen. He got money. I'm, I mean, I like that. His grandpa owned the Dodgers. Not bad. So, Dodgers fans love. Yeah, he's a baseball guy like you and Dodgers me. fans love the Seidler family. They're big fans. Because they he his grandpa brought the Dodgers to... Uh, Los Angeles. I mean, you sound you're sounding like how you're going to sound in 30 years doing the Jimmy O'Brien Ken Birds documentary of this whole story. Mm. It is pretty cool, but I think he's um, like another. Do we have equity. like a net worth? He's another equity. Guy? He's like he's like he's like Cohen. Like they're in the same business, right? Like money business. Yeah. Well, we you, I mean, maybe he. <laughs> we know. Good. Maybe his crypto portfolio is doing a little bit better than Jake's. I don't know. Who, who uh, knows? Impossible. I think him and his uncle, who also owned the. The Dodgers, whose also name is Pete, like started the equity thing together. So like they, they, you know, they started a company with money and then it made more money. So they got money. I am interested in the Soto situation and also how this affects next year's free agency, which is uh, presenting itself to be rather lackluster if you're looking for offense, except for like four names who are now like it's Ian Happ. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez, Otani was already there. And then center fielder Harrison Bader becomes like, if he has a good offensive season and can play defense, uh, prime target. But yeah, Devers was supposed to be on the board for that free agent class, and so is Machado, and now they're both not there. And it's looking like the... the Those guys are going to get traded for if their teams make them available, because if you can snatch one of them and get the ability to give them an extension before they hit free agency, it's going to happen. So, like, Cubs and Ian Happ are going to get some nice offers if Happer's playing how Happer can play, and the Cubs aren't, um, you know, really going crazy. A couple things on Peter Seidler. 
Mm. Poppy Pete. First of all, he's a man of your own ilk, Jake. He goes back and forth between the mustache and the goatee, and he can rock both of them very well. So I was excited to see that. If, because he does have the Juan Soto decision looming, and then there is Otani. There's no decision he, for him. He's given everyone money. If he, he wants goes to pay out, him. if he gets <laughs> Soto and Otani, then I'm calling <laughs> bullshit on the whole thing. I'm calling That's bullshit what I'm saying. on the whole thing, dude. Yeah, if he gets both, like there's all a, the dogs go out. to his house. There's a one percent chance in five years. It's like <laughs> I spent it. Yeah, all like now. the FBI will be showing up at <laughs> yes. his house if he gets both of them. Like, no, no, this doesn't make sense. What's his, happening his, here? His son and their kids are like. <laughs> Dad, no. In this this episode of Padres Succession. Um, looking at the upcoming free agents. Yeah, sorry, your trust is gone. I had to go get Otani. Imagine his grandson owns the Dodgers in 40 years. That would be cool. That's part of the doc. Yeah. Um, couple guys who, hey, you know, you might as well have an awesome baseball season. How about Cody Bellinger? You mentioned there's, there's not a ton of free agents coming up. If that guy taps into something this year, he's going to be one of the top free agent options. Uh, otherwise, yeah, you're right. And that, that pitching class could be fun though. Maybe you've heard of a guy, Jack Flaherty, Lucas Giolito. Um, yes, there's a man. Oh. I, I'm excited for those boys to cook. Trev, you okay? Did you hurt your back? You're old. Uh, well, I was talking to, to old Flaherty and I don't know if he wants me to share this or not. Then if, don't. I'm going to, I think I'm going <laughs> to None of us would I rather be I, on yeah. the wrath of that. Let's just say that he's very confident this year. Oh, I'm shocked. I mean, <laughs> like, but like that guy you know, Jack is Jack was Jack throwing baseballs confident. into a mattress in his hotel room during the pandemic. Jack thinks he could win the World Series throwing left handed. <laughs> like no, like he is like raring to go. So if you're a Cardinals fan <laughs> and you and you like Trev, you, you sound very spring see, training yeah. right now, just to let you know. Well, it was more than that. So I'm not going to go into specifics, okay. but like. Okay. If you're a Cardinals fan and you want Jack Flaherty in the right mindset for this year, you all right. Got sounds it. like you go to DraftKings, you find yeah. Jack Flaherty, and you bet all all the overs and Hammer uh, the Cy Young. I'll, I'll send you guys what he I'll said. I'll sprinkle Flaherty Cy Young right, right now. now, live, right now, live. Uh, and also Trev's La Liga, La Liga, the NBA is going on right now, uh, and the official sports betting partner of the NBA is DraftKings. Five dollars any pregame money line, and you get a buck fifty in free in bonus bets and then you can put that on the Flaherty to win everything. Download the app now and sign up with code TALKIN. Like the name of the show, people. New customers can place $5 on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only drafting sportsbook code TALKIN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for those tales. Um, and yeah, I don't, while Trev was reporting that, I talked to some guys who were like, I'm going to have a bad year. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the guys who DM me. <laughs> don't feel good. All the hype guys hit up Trev. It was Trev. just extra. It was extra. He's feeling it right now. And I love that about him. One last thing I want to chat about before we go, uh, or two, this is really quick. They're, they're, uh, re-upping the sticky stuff, uh, searches, because uh, people were still using sticky stuff. If you looked at any of their numbers, it was pretty obvious. And then Eno Saris has a great article that because the umpires checked after certain innings and it was a routine after the second inning, after the fifth inning, the innings when they didn't have checks afterwards, all their numbers were up. Um, so, ah, they're now randomly checking and doing more. And also, if a guy is uh, taking his hand and wiping it on his jersey before going to the umpire... They're going to take that into account and be like, hmm, 
that's that's you're spending too much money. We don't think you have it. You know, the same situation. So <laughs> oh, man. still an ongoing it, thing. If you watch your fair pitcher and he only pitches in the dark colored alternate jersey, there might be some silly stuff mm-hmm. happening. Just put yeah. it that way. Yeah. <laughs> um the other stories is a really cool story that I think the story ends in like two days or maybe a couple weeks. So I want to put it on people's radar. It's Noah Song is he was a, a, a draft pick from Red Sox when Dombrowski was there, drafted him out of Navy really high, thinking he could be a top line starter. Dude opted or had to go to the Navy instead, and he's been in the Navy. Now I'm going to butcher some of these details, so you have to read the article to get like the exact. But I'm going to give you the the gist of this story. Uh, he's been in the Navy for uh, four years now, hasn't been part of baseball, but his rule five options had come up. So Dombrowski now with the Phillies went and got him. The way rule five works is he needs to be on the 26 man roster all year. Otherwise the Phillies have to return him. They didn't even know if he could get out of the Navy and be able to, to play uh, the kids got a quote like, I'm going to the Phillies. I hear they're kind of doing well and doesn't watch baseball at all or uh, know anything, which is a funny quote. But he's coming. He's going to be pitching in spring training. Hasn't pitched in four years. And it's all eyes are on the Phillies and Dombrowski and how they handle this because it's either he's good enough to be on the 26-man roster of a contending team, which is like no way. That would have to be miraculous. But also there's these really weird clauses and loopholes that the Phillies and Dombro can can enact like um um let me see the Phillies can either trade him to another team who 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 will stash him like we saw the Blue Jays stash a 19 year old Elvis something for a whole year and he never really pitched Paguero maybe Elvis Paguero something like that just to get the rights to him after the year what's up with that kid because that was like a big like he he was a big um um test subject of like, can we ruin a kid's development, but still they only pitch like they like Luciano, Luciano. They like fucked with him. Is he okay? Oh, it used to be, it used to be ridiculous. And by the way, this isn't shots fired at the kid. It was like the, the Jays were trying something. He was literally the last guy in the bullpen and they'd only pitch him and like blowouts. Like they were full out protecting him for a whole year, which must've been bizarre. dude. Like you're on the team, but you're not. Yeah. Um, he made it to double a last year. Oh, all right, He's that check though. They can also uh, the Dombrowski. They can also he can get injured in spring training, which may happen because he hasn't pitched in four years. Now he's mm. pitching, and then he's on the the IL mm. all year, and that could save him. And then he becomes a Philly. Um, they can. Oh yeah. Or listen to this one: the Phillies can attempt to challenge uh, conventional business by citing a rare situation that buys them more time with Song. I'm reading the Athletic article. Um, they can. Um, Hold on, where is it? Because Dombro said there's a technicality of rules I don't want to speculate on. Um, the loophole is a club requesting waivers on a player, according to the MLB rulebook, guarantees that the player is capable of performing to that player's accustomed level. So if Song is healthy at the end of spring training but unable to perform to an accustomed level because he hasn't pitched in four years or played baseball in four years uh, or three years, whatever it is, the Phillies could argue that they're not able to play. We can't place this dude on waivers because it's it's damaged goods. It's not really what we're 
uh, offering, he doesn't fit the bill. And if that's the case, he would go on the IL. So even without injury, there's a loophole, and then they would have him. So I don't know. Just bizarre. Never seen this happen before, and I thought people might find that interesting. And, yeah, the Red Sox eyes are definitely on Dombro because, like, if he does that, that's a big loophole in some weird system that I don't know if ever will even be able to happen again. But it's pretty interesting. So Noah Song, watch when he pitches for the Phillies. He's probably like, sign me up for the IL thing. I get to like hang back, develop. I get a year of service time and $750,000. Yes. He also like has to report on weekends for his service time too. Like it's 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 one of those weird things. Like this cat seems like he's one, like a good human. So like I can see him like Phillies will be like, hey, 60 day IL. We'll see you next year. And he'd be like, no, like I, I can't do that. I wish I could, uh, but I'm noble. Um, I don't know. Trevi's a Cali boy, so that's good news for you. Um, and, yeah, I mean, know who we need to find? Because it said he, like, threw occasionally. We need to find the naval Jimmy O'Brien that was stoked to catch this guy on the boat uh, every other week. That's, that's the scouting report I want. Wait a minute. This guy was not throwing on the boat. He was, was throwing he? on the boat, babe. No. No, he says he, has, he wasn't playing. He said, it's not like I did nothing. I did push-ups and sat and ran. I don't think he played baseball. You don't think he had a ball and a glove on the boat? Is that what we're doing? He was flying planes. He, I don't you know. know what? He didn't There's say, nothing more he American didn't say it. Than having... In that sentence, he would have said, like, I've been throwing bullpens. I've been playing. He trained on the P-8 Poseidon aircraft. This is all from the top of my head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he'd been stationed in, in Jacksonville. Shout out. Duval. Um, he had a glove and a ball on the boat. And he was thrown. I imagine him having a cap in his back pocket. The glove is just like it's been passed down through generations. He actually has an extra one too. Hands it to some kid that doesn't have a proper glove. Gives him his extra mm. hat too. Oh, is that the Sandlot? Mm. Not sure. On a boat though, a submarine with like the big American flag Not behind a it. Submarine. Sign me up for that. Remember when did they still play basketball games on big boats? Remember in the college play, and then it was all slippery and it was like a I terrible they product. Stopped they that, stopped that. Yeah. They were like, oh, this is bad. Yeah. Playing outside. I'm fired up now. Okay. Okay. For Noah? Noah Song? Just America in general. Hell yeah. Oh, I just had a little daydream. You play exhibition games of baseball on a boat and you just you drive it past nations that don't have baseball. Is that your daydream? My daydream was, you know, we link up with Noah Song this offseason. He's, you know, out, out in L.A. throwing. Trev's like, oh, Coach Trev, I got to meet this guy. And then he just takes him up top because he's a high-A pitcher. Get out of here, Noah Song. <laughs> oh, my God, wow. dude. Nice, Trev. I would. I would. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, all right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. That's the show. Appreciate you. Taiwan, people. <laughs> We'll be back later. Goodbye. I don't recognize Chinese Taipei. Wow. Strong words. Jake does. He's a big China guy. Jake sucks. Chill out on the pitch squad, everyone. It'll be all right. Give it a week. Or it could just be horrible and we're all missing.